remember. Weedy remembers a very tiny, tiny child is lying in bed and hearing way off in the distance the sound of train whistles. I don't think I even knew what a train was at that time. Just the sound of those whistles blowing somewhere. The sound of trains banging against each other in the darkness the switch yards. This is probably one of the most American sounds because America has great distances, tremendous space to cross. And if you live out in the middle part of America, those trains get to be so much an integral woven part of your life that they are sort of like the sea to somebody who lives in Maine or New Bedford. You see those trains moving across the horizon and they're always going great places. They're heading west. California. New Mexico. Arizona. Or they're heading east. New York. Manhattan. They even had great radio shows about that Grand Central Station. You'd hear the sound of trains and people and horns. If you live in Kansas, Oklahoma, Indiana, Iowa, Wisconsin, those trains were always taking people away to great places. And all you could do was stand and watch them.
last night I'm lying in my bunk. First time I have slept in a bunk on a train. Oh, well, I'll tell you, as a matter of fact, that's that's what the story's about. I'm lying in my bunk last night. And I'm hearing this sound. Just lying there. You hear it? I'm going to tell you, that sound lulls you to sleep and you just feel that click, 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 click. That hum. You can hear those, those ties moving by underneath you. And you get, you get this slight rocking, just a slight rocking. It's like being in some kind of a peculiar cradle or something, lying there in the dark, listening to that sound, all of a sudden, it hit me, I could hear, in that sound, I could hear this tink, 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 and then at three o'clock in the morning, I'm right back, right where it started, I'm back on another train, the last train ride I ever took, my God, what a train ride.
amounts of stuff. I mean, the full field pack. You know, the stuff you see in the old Van Johnson movies. I got an entrenching tool. I've got a bayonet. St- you ever walk around town with a bayonet in your belt? <laughs> I'll tell you, man. And also, this little, they had a medical kit on the side. Look to your web belting. Medical kit. Now, remember the day that they told us how to use it. Kowalski said, men's want you to take a look at that M2 slash 3 medical kit, which you are carrying on your web belt Model 7 MG4. It is operated this way. Upon receiving a wound, one places one's right hand on the snap, which is marked in the diagram D. You will snap it open with a quick upward movement. One, you will reach in with thumb and forefinger of right hand and remove the dressing which is found therein. It contains one tablet of ground sulfur. You then place it on the wound at the count of three. You snap closed once again your medical kit and you go back to action. I kept thinking of my arm flying off, you know, putting that thing on the side there, going back at action. Well, this morning, it's 4 o'clock, the whistles are blowing, and I, boy, everybody's sweating inside. And suddenly out of the darkness, as we stood there, a train came out of the darkness, the first train that I ever rode on in my life. And incidentally, the most dramatic train I was ever to ride on, ever, came sneaking out of the darkness. You could hear the wheels creaking. <laughs> Sounded like the fan cheese of hell. I could feel that medical kit already itching. And they start marching us on the train, one after the other. And they had sealed windows. You see this window? You know why I'm sitting here? Look, quick, take a look out of that window. Look at that. Just look at that country going by. That's the first time I've ever actually looked out of a train window. Because the train that we were on had sealed windows. They had they had tape all around here. It was sealed with black cloth. We were in a sealed troop train. Oh, it was a dramatic. We started to roll out into the countryside. We're out about three hours in the country. You know, they had, had these seats, everybody sitting there next to these black windows. I've got my helmet hanging up. They had these bunks made out of some kind of pipes that we slept on. Had my gas mask swinging back and forth. We're sitting there. It's not like you see in the movies, you know. First of all, nobody takes out a guitar and starts to sing. We just sat there and sweat. Scared. All of a sudden, down the train, the aisle comes Lieutenant Cherry. And he's got that look in the eye of a man who's looking for a detail. And of course, instantly, I start evasive tactics. Back and forth. Jerry says, you, you gasser, Ernie, you, you three guys, follow me. I was hooked. The three of us got up and followed Lieutenant Cherry through the train, and it was hot. Oh, the temperature was 110 degrees in that train. And we are wearing nothing but GI shorts. Now, these look like brown underwear, bad-looking underwear. GI shorts, GI shoes, and dog tags. That is it. We go down through the train. Next car. The car after that. We had all kinds of foreign soldiers, guys we never saw before. Hundreds of soldiers everywhere. Thousands of them. 
We must have gone through 15, 20, 40, 50 cars. All of a sudden, we come into this big car that's like a big baggage car. And they've taken out all the baggage racks, and they've got instead, they've got installed in there this tremendous counter that ran the whole length of the car, made out of stainless steel, and sunk in the counter by these huge bins full of food. And I got this sick feeling in my gut. KP! I pull KP out of 25,000 guys on the troop train, me and Gas Ernie pulls KP out of Company K. That mess sergeant looks at the three of us and says, all right, you guys, get on the pots and pans in the back, and I don't want to see no goofing off. I want that lead out, and I want to see nothing but elbows. The rest is censored. And I want to see a lot of dust. So I dives into a GI can, and I starts to scrub out cake, case hardened petrified oatmeal. Gasser starts on a great big pan of half-burnt bacon. And we worked. I'll tell you, we worked. And the guys started to come through, looking for their food, carrying their mess kits. Anybody who's ever eaten on a troop train knows what it's like. You go through one long, continuous line. And I'm the KP there. Me and Gasser, Ernie, a couple of other guys, we're slopping the stuff in. You know, you just lay it in. You get real good at it. You whap. You know, I'm dishing out the oatmeal. Whap. Once in a while, I'd miss a guy. I've seen these about 20 guys down. I go whap right over the shoulder, you know. Once in a while, I get one on the back of the head, whap, you know, and moving through. Hour after hour after hour, 18 solid hours of KP, I am sweating, man, like you never would before. And finally, that blessed moment came 18 hours later. The sergeant says to me and Gasser and Ernie, okay, you guys, you're through. You can... Sit down and rest a little bit, get back to your car. And one good thing about pulling KP on a troop train, you won't pull no KP for at least a month wherever you're going. That is, if you don't get shot first. And so, you know that great feeling of finishing a really rotten, stinking job? There's a, there's a warm feeling inside. I've done it. I've fed the whole damn second division. Me and Gasser and Ernie. We sit down on the edge of the car. You know, they had one of these big sliding doors that opened up. And we sat there sweating, just the sweat dripping off our dog tags hanging down, watching the country go by. It was Arkansas, just rolling by. All of a sudden, after about five minutes, the train slowly draws to a stop. And it was it was one of these trains, you know, that's up on a big embankment made out of made out of gravel and rocks and we can see way down there is a, is a little gravel road and right at the base of the gravel road where we stopped is this beer joint it's made out of tin signs you know the kind they have in arkansas it says eat big sign eat yeah. i love those signs every time a sign says eat i say okay you know i go in and i do big sign says beer Oh, there's nothing better when you've been on 18 hours of KP. That signed beer is like heaven. So I'm sitting down there looking, see? And Ernie is sitting on this side. Gas is over here. Ernie looks down and he says, Man, what I wouldn't give for a beer. Gasser says, Yeah. And I said, Look, I got a money belt. 
I was still, I still had a money belt in those days. That's one of the first things guys get when they go into the army. One of the first things they throw away. So this money belt. I unzips it and I takes out a buck and I says, "Okay, which one of you guys wants to go for the beer?" It was a dramatic moment and I didn't know it. A historic moment. I handed Ernie the buck. Ernie says, "Okay, I'll go down and get it." Now remember, Ernie's about six feet six. He's got his GI shorts on there, covered with sweat, hanging down, rump sprung, you know, hanging down on the back. Got his GI shoes. He runs down the concrete embankment, runs right down all through this gravel, and we see him go into this joint. See, we can see it. It's getting kind of dark out. It's kind of like twilight now. And you can see Ernie, his big red neck in there, and he's talking to these guys in the joint there, and you can see them giving them the cans of beer. All of a sudden, Imperceptibly, the train starts to move slowly. Gasser says the train is moving. I said, "Yeah." Hey, Ernie! Ernie! With that, Ernie looks up. He's just come out of the door. His mouth hangs open. He's got these cans of beer. You can see he's got an opener sticking out, and he starts to run. He runs up the side of the embankment. The train is slowly beginning to gather strength and beginning to move on. See. And then he's rolling like mad. I can see those dog tags flopping. I can see his tongue hanging up. You can hear the beer bottles clanking together. Those cans are banging. Gasser, I was calling Ernie. And Gasser's reaching out. His hands are reaching out. Ernie's hands are reaching. The train is going faster and faster. Ernie is running faster. He ain't gonna make it. He ain't gonna make it. Ernie cuts down the embankment. And you can see him running off in the distance, following that train. You can hear his feet going boom, 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 boom. You can hear the clank of his dog tags. And once in a while, there was a thin, high cry, like "Wait!" I could see the sun going down over the Ozarks. And me and Gasser just sat and looked down. We lost Ernie. The train went into the blackness of night, and Ernie was gone. Gasser and I got up and walked back to the car. We're scared. What are you going to do? You lost a G.I. I sit down. <laughs> Trying to look invisible. I'm worried. Lieutenant Cherry comes down the aisle. He says, hi, guys. How was K.P.? <laughs> it's fine. I like K.P. <laughs> so where's Ernie? Gasser looks up and finally says, "We lost him." Jerry says, "You what? We lost him." He went back in that town there to get some beer. He's gone. Lieutenant Jerry gets scared. See, he signed out for all these GIs. You know, like a supply sergeant signs out for all them. All those field jackets. He's got 36 GIs. Now he's got to sign a statement of charges. One GI. Lost in Arkansas. Cherry looks at Gasser and he looks at me and he says, Listen, you guys. Don't you ever say a word about this. I'll take care of it at Battalion. Well, from that minute on, Ernie became a legend. You never saw him again. 
Lieutenant Cherry never mentioned them again. And you know, some nights today, it's been years now. I wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning and I can hear the clink of those dog tags. And I think of Ernie. It's like Captain Ahab searching for the white whale. Sagas, every one of us. Take a look out that window. Look at that. Somewhere out there over the vast freight yards of life. Somewhere out there over the vast railheads of eternity. There's Ernie. Running. Probably doesn't even know the war is over. Listen to that sound, that rolling, funking sound. If you listen carefully, you can hear the sound of dog tags tinkling together. And out there is a running GI with three cans of beer. Oh, but I have found no equal to the wall that cannot fall. 